Good morning, friends. I'm Amelia Richardson-Dress. I am one of the pastors here at UCC Longmont. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And it is a joy to bring us all together in a spirit of welcome, uh, along with our AV team, our nursery staff, with Robert and Lauren, the choir and the fellowship hour uh, providers, which will be happening after church today. So you're invited to stick around for coffee and treats and conversation. Everything that we do throughout the week in the life of the church leads to this uh, gathering on Sunday morning. So as you settle in, know that this is a space that has been prepared for you. That this is a place where we come together to practice being the community of God. And so each morning here at UCC Longmont, we get to welcome one another using the words that are printed in our bulletin, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And with that spirit of welcome resting on you, let it open your heart a little bit more from whatever place of openness you are arriving with this morning. And let's take a moment just to settle in. One of the things that can happen during the week is our thoughts get pulled all kinds of places. Uh, Dr. Ethan Cross says that we can help that by speaking gently to ourselves, using our name and saying something like, Amelia, you can let go of those thoughts right now. And so I invite you to use that today if you need to. You can let go of those thoughts right now, and letting go of anything that is not helpful for you in this moment as you settle in. Let us simply breathe together. And know that you can return to that breath and that spirit of openness anytime throughout the day or even the week as you need to. Let us continue our service in the love and the community of God. Let us rise in spirit and sing at number 164 in the New Century Hymnal, Arise, Your Light is Come.
our gathering prayer this morning is responsive, and I gave you all the hard names. Um, so let's, let's take a moment. If you, look, <laughs> if you look at that first line that you have, you have Jehovah, Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai, and Emmanuel. Um, and I'm going to, to say that what I tell some of our worship leaders when they are reading is that when you come to a name in the Bible and you can't say it, just say it confidently, and nobody will know the difference. So I offer you that advice this morning as we join in this gathering prayer together. God of many names. God of many places. We remember that when you were asked your name, you simply said, I am. As you are, may we be. Draw us near and open us to your presence. Amen.
We are reading two readings this morning that are both prayers within our scriptures. And the first comes from the book of Isaiah. We're reading uh, verse 49, or chapter 49, verses 14 through 16. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forsaken me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may not, even these may forget, but I will not forget you. And we're turning to Luke chapter 11. This is uh, one of the places where Jesus introduces the Lord's Prayer. We call the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial the end of our readings for this morning we're beginning a series this week on a prayer that is often called the Lord's Prayer. You heard uh, one version of that in the Gospel of Luke, and it starts, Our Father who art in heaven, which is the line that we're turning to today. It's also the reason that sometimes we just call it the Our Father prayer. And since we're going to be working our way through this prayer together, I'm curious this morning, um, how many of you grew up saying the Lord's Prayer? There's no uh, right or wrong answer to this. <laughs> and how many of you, whether you grew up saying it or not, say it regularly now? Yeah. Again, no right or wrong answer here. Purely curiosity. There are a lot of reasons that folks either say it or don't say it. Uh, sometimes we say it because we learned it, and we learned it as the prayer that Jesus taught. It's all capital letters, the prayer that Jesus taught. <laughs> we might not say it today because we didn't learn it. Or maybe we don't say it because we don't resonate with it for some reason or another. And that's something that happened even in the early church. Uh, very early on, some Christian communities were choosing not to say uh, this prayer in their worship services. Some of them were saying that it was rote, that praying one particular prayer over and over again wasn't the best way to approach faith. That might be one reason that people today even may not use it in their own lives. Others throughout time have wrestled with the language for God in the prayer, which is what we're gonna dive into a little bit today. So when we're starting with that first line, we see that it makes some claims about who God is. 
And I'd like to kick off by asking you to fill in this sentence uh, in your head or write it on a margin of your bulletin. God is, there's a blank there for you to fill in. God is, I'll give you just a minute, just pick the first thing that comes to your mind. Is anybody feeling brave enough to share what they wrote in this community of grace and love? <laughs> love. Everywhere. Everywhere. In the universe? Did, is the universe. And I heard my father, and I heard something over here somewhere. In everything. Eternal. Attentive, amazing. Our shepherd, God is. You know, there's nothing that I would take off of that list. And there are probably things that people wrote down or thought about that didn't get named. And I would guess that those are all things that we would include on that list as well. And I think that's an important place to start because it helps us remember that any time we try to talk about God, our description is incomplete. There's no one word that can bring it all together, which we know, but it gets especially laden then when we try to talk about this prayer that Jesus taught. I once walked into an elementary school, uh, Sunday school classroom to discover a heated argument in process by a couple of eight-year-olds. And one of the children was in the middle of saying loudly, God is not a boy or a girl. And the other child was saying equally loudly, yes, but the Bible says our father pretty much sums up kind of that part of the dilemma, doesn't it? I grew up saying a traditional, the traditional version of the um, Lord's Prayer. It was one of two prayers that we said in my family every night at bed. And that easy rhythm of that became a comfort. The way the song that you love might become a comfort. And it's also a connection to other people. When I am with other Christians, when I am at a funeral, or I'm visiting another church, or I'm at a retreat, those words come back, and they come back in a way that makes me feel like I belong to this big thing, this big community. That's the beauty of tradition. It shapes us. And it's also the downside of tradition. It shapes us, and sometimes maybe it shapes us in ways we don't even know we're being shaped. We all know that God isn't a boy or a girl. The Bible itself includes, and we heard some of these, some metaphorical language for God that is feminine. We read that in Isaiah, a mother comforting her child. 
The psalmist talks about being quieted in prayer the way a child is quieted with their mom. And the wisdom tradition in the Bible connects God with wisdom called Sophia. And it uses that feminine imagery. More often, though, than that, we have plenty of non-gendered language, right? We have creator, redeemer, lover. I've even heard that Yahweh, uh, the proper name of God, which is not spoken in Jewish tradition, combines a feminine Yah with a masculine way. But then when the central prayer of our faith starts with our Father, sometimes it takes some mental uh, and spiritual work to maintain the space for God who is in reality neither or is both male and female. No matter how many times we're told God is not a boy or God is always with us, if we've been shaped by some of the images we have, it's still easy to picture God not just as a male, but as a particular male. A male who is maybe sitting in the clouds. God becomes remote. He's a he, and he's not here because he's in heaven. As theologian uh, Judith Plaskow says, instead of pointing to and evoking the images of God, sometimes our images block the possibility of religious experience. That may be what some people experience when they use this prayer differently or choose not to say it. And I am certain that that is the opposite of what Jesus meant. We know from his teachings that God is personal and available. Our Father who art in heaven was meant to emphasize relationship, not either gender or location. And the best way to understand that is actually not to start where we started. It's to start with the first word, our. It's not my Father. In this prayer, The prayer that Jesus teaches, it is about the community, not the individual. There's no me in the whole prayer. And you have it in the prayers for the people section if you want to just double check. You're welcome to. That doesn't mean that we can't pray it in private, but it means that when we pray it, we are always praying for the world. Relationship is the center of this prayer. And it's not just relationship to God, which is what we think of when we pray. It's relationship to each other and to the world. For Jesus, Father, or the Aramaic Abba, invoked that sense of relationship. And some people have pointed out that Abba, which may have been what he said, might have had more of a familiarity to it than father. Maybe something more like dad or papa. And that the in heaven was just meant to emphasize the beauty and the boldness of being able to walk through the world as though we are God's children. 
But if that line doesn't land for you that way, it might be because there is a huge cultural and geographical and time shift. I'd say that in our world today, very few people find father to be a term that invites closeness. I think of it sometimes, you know um, how some kids know they're in trouble when parents use their middle name? I think that same thing, this is the, the place I see that father and mother use the most is sort of in reverse. Maybe if you're particularly irritated at your parent and you'd say, yes, mother. And you say it in just that tone of voice because it's formal and it's often used to create distance. We might also use it just in a formal setting. (laughs) One of the things that we can play with then as we spend some time delving into this prayer is to try praying to God using other language. And I mean other language than what you typically use. And just see what happens. And that's true in these community spaces here as well as in our individual lives. If you've been here before, if you've been here for a few Sundays, you might have noticed that we use different versions of the Lord's Prayer in this setting. I know that other Christian communities, even ones who use inclusive language for God in other places, approach that differently. And I understand the reasoning. There's beautiful times and places to uphold the tradition. And this may be one. But here, one of the things we've settled on is using different versions precisely because the Lord's Prayer is so central to the Christian faith. We want to be sure that our imagery for God is not blocking the possibility of religious experience. And so when we talk about how to pray or we widen the language that we use for God, it's not because Father is wrong or bad. It's just that it's incomplete. It's worth remembering how this prayer came about, and it wasn't in a vacuum. Jesus didn't just sit down and dictate this. It came about, and you heard that, because the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. These were good Jewish people who knew plenty of prayers. They had a rich tradition of scripture and liturgy. They weren't looking for words to memorize. What they wanted was what Jesus had in prayer. They saw Jesus praying all the time with honesty and with vulnerability, and when Jesus would go to God, he would go to God like he was going to a friend, and he would come back from that prayer time refreshed and with new wisdom. Something happened to Jesus in prayer. That's what the disciples were after. And so when we ask that question today, how do we pray? The answer that Jesus models for us is start by drawing near. Start 
with the language or the images that help you come to God as though God loves you. So your spiritual homework for the week is to try this week praying using different language for God than what you typically use. If you use a traditional uh, Our Father, you might experiment with something else. If you use um, non-gendered language or even uh, non-being language, try using a word uh, that's a little more embodied. That might be a place where you try our parent or our mother or our father. And just see how that is. The worst that can happen is it doesn't help. But nobody's gonna get struck down by lightning. So we're just gonna play with it and see what happens for you this week. I'm also going to uh, plant this seed that we're gonna end this, season, this series on the Lord's Prayer with an opportunity for folks to share prayers that they have written, which may be versions of the Lord's Prayer or something else. And so as you're playing with these images, uh, keep that in mind. And if you notice that something resonates for you, you might just let that work a little bit and see if it leads you to a longer, fuller prayer. May your spiritual experiment uh, be blessed and a blessing. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 283 in our new century hymnal, Spirit of the Living God. that spirit on us, let us turn to a time of community prayer. God, draw us together. Draw us together in our hearts and in our spirits. Refresh us and guide us in this time as you guided Jesus and so many who came before and after him. Today we come to you with 
the things that bring us joy. We come to you with thanksgiving. Thank you for the many places where we are beginning to see the seeds of your kingdom. Thank you for the places where people come together to help others, where people come together to celebrate with one another. We thank you for those who are celebrating birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, baptisms. We thank you for all of those who celebrate with them, remembering that Jesus once described your kingdom as a party. And we also come to you with things that are heavy on us. We pray today for the people of Morocco. We pray that there is comfort in the suffering and that the helpers are quick. We send our hearts and our love to them. And in the weightiness of the things that are happening in the world, we pray too for those in our community who are bearing a heavy load. May there be healing for those who are journeying with illness. May there be peace for those who are journeying with addiction. May there be love for those who are journeying with loneliness. And we know in the mystery of prayer that you know the things that are on our hearts even before we say them. And so we trust that the things that have not been named this morning may still be heard. And as we continue our journey as your people, guide us in all of our spiritual experiments that we may more fully embody the kingdom of God that you have envisioned. Amen. We are praying this morning using a version of the Lord's Prayer that comes from a retreat from um, the Dominican Sisters from 1993. This is prayed uh, back and forth, so I'm going to give the right side of the room side one, this left side of the room side two, and your lines will go back and forth, so it will be our father, our mother, and so on. And I remembered my right from my left today, so you're already in a better shape than you were a couple weeks ago. Let us begin to pray together. Our Father, our Mother,
Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Scott Reed. My pronouns are he, him, and his. And it's a privilege and an honor to serve on our church council. It is good to be together this morning in this almost fall morning. A very special welcome this morning to visitors and guests and welcome back to those who haven't been here for a while. Welcome to those here today and those online. We're so glad that we're all able to be together. If you're joining us online, please use the electronic fellowship pad on the homepage of our website. Happy hour is back. We will gather today after the service for coffee, snacks, and conversation, so please join us. Are you interested in signing up for the new book club happening here at UCC Longmont? It will be held on Mondays starting October 9th in the Fireside Room at 10 a.m., and more details are on the sign-up clipboard in the back. Please scan the QR code in the bulletin to provide new and updated contact information. You can also subscribe to the e-newsletter. You can request a name tag and ask questions in the comment section. If you prefer to write out your information, we have clipboards in the back of the sanctuary. If you'd like to support UCC Longmont financially, you can give online at ucclongmont.org forward slash giving or use the offering boxes on the back wall of the sanctuary. Thank you to all of those from our congregation who collaborated with Plymouth UCC and Fort Collins to collect 42 weapons yesterday. It's always inspiring to see the spirit of collaboration in action and to see the impact of faith in action. Thank you. Thank you all and have a great week. Scott has been serving on the church council, and today we are saying goodbye to Scott and to Barbara Reed, which we are going to do with a time of blessing. Scott and Barbara have been here almost exactly four years, uh, and they have become um, treasured and involved members of the community since then, and I know many of us will miss them. They are getting ready to move to Ohio um, to be closer to many things. <laughs> and so we get to wish them safe journeys today. One of the traditions of Christian community is this practice of blessing. And I invite us first into the spirit of quiet to uh, envision blessing as it surrounds Scott and Barbara, and then I'm going to invite you all as you feel led to offer a word or a phrase of blessing as we prepare to send them on their way. Let us join first in a moment of quiet. And coming back to this space with your spirit and your heart and your mind. I wonder what words of blessing arise for you. Please 
uh, say them confidently and boldly as we say goodbye. Aloha. Aloha. A joyous new chapter in Ohio. Compression. Compression. <laughs> Loving friends. Friendship and belonging. Comfort. Strength. Lots of conversation. Delight. Don't forget to breathe. And I heard something over here, I think. Home. Home. We wish you all of those things. May your new home be everything that you are ready for it to be. I know you will be a blessing to the new people and the new community you settle in. Yes, amen. I just wanted to say a word on behalf of Barb and I. Um, the clergy team in this congregation from the very beginning extended such a warm welcome, uh, warm embrace. We were so um, inspired by the commitment to faith and action of this congregation. And I have to say the caring and genuine support um, extended to us during some very difficult times for Barb and I are so much appreciated. To quote a favorite song from the musical Wicked, because we've known you, we have been changed for good. Thank you, mahalo, aloha, au revoir. <laughs>We have been changed as well. Thank you for changing us. Will you join with me in this blessing for leaving, as it is on your bulletin? May Jesus the Christ, who walks on wounded feet, walk with you to the end of the road. May Jesus, who serves with wounded hands, help you continue to serve others. May Jesus, who loves with a wounded heart, be your love forever. As you go, may you see the face of Jesus in everyone you meet. Amen. Let us rise in spirit and sing number 393 in the New Century Hymnal, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds.
as you go, take with you the knowledge that you are beloved. When you come to the place where it is hard, know that you can turn to God in prayer and be welcomed. When you come to the place where you are overflowing with joy, know that you can turn to God in prayer and be welcomed, and in this way embody the Spirit of Christ. As you do these things, know that the love of God surrounds you, the light of God enfolds you, the power of God protects you, the presence of God watches over you. Wherever you are, God is. Go in peace.